celebrate baptisms um, and, and witness those who are stepping into the water to declare their love for Jesus. So if you're visiting this morning to be a part of that, we're glad you're here. Uh, if you're just visiting this morning and, and you just happen to be here on Baptism Sunday, welcome to you as well. We love having guests and and seeing new faces. If it is your first time with us today, I want to ask that you would do me a favor. If you would grab a Connect card, it's in the seat back right in front of you, uh, just a card that says Connect. Would you take a minute to fill out some information about yourself? We'd love the opportunity to follow up with you this week and say hi. Uh, we keep your information confidential. We don't, we don't share that with anyone. That's just for our, our benefit to be able to reach out and say hi to you. If you did raise your hand uh, when Christy gave that invitation to say yes to Jesus, please make sure to fill out a Connect card. Uh, and then after service, if you would stop by the hub right in the back, we have a, a gift for you. Also, if you're a visitor this morning, it's your first time at Thrive, we have a gift for you as well. And you can find that at the Hub after service as well. Um, so it's good to see all of you this morning. Um, check your bulletin this morning. We have a couple of things coming up. Uh, we have this afternoon right after church and after baptisms. We're heading over to Finkbeiner Park. It's the first Sunday of the month, which it's mean, means it's our church picnic. First Sunday of every month, uh, we ga gather over to Finkbeiner by the playground. We have that picnic ground, that picnic area uh, reserved each Sunday and uh, we just get together. There's really no agenda. We hang out. We, we bring food. We go and grab some food and then join us. Uh, everything from bocce ball to volleyball to just sitting and chatting. The kids run and play, and it's a fun time just to connect. So we invite you to come and be a part of that. Uh, if your kids are planning on going to camp, kids and youth, kids, uh, camp is coming up quickly. The deadline uh, for kids camp is approaching, so please get your registration forms in. Uh, we have almost 20 youth going to camp this year, which is absolutely amazing. Um, we're, we need to get our kids signed up. We have a number of kids, but I know there's more. So get your kids signed up for camp, and uh, we're going to have an amazing time up in the mountains. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. We're going to continue to worship this morning by honoring the Lord with our tithes and with our offering. We, uh, we're a tithing church, and that just simply means that we bring the first fruits of what God has blessed us with financially back into His storehouse. That God wants to reach the world with the gospel, but you know when I know that in order to do that, we need resources, we need financial resources. And so we honor the Lord by bringing into His house those, those gifts, those tithes and offerings to expand His kingdom, but more than that, to just bring glory to His name, which is why we say we worship Him with our finances. Do you know that God wants you to worship Him with every part of who you are? Amen? If you know that, just raise your hand. Just kind of help me out here for a minute. And that includes our finances. And here's what we know the Bible tells us when we do that, when we're faithful in giving, that He is faithful in even blessing us with more. More that we can then sow into His kingdom. And so let's pray over these gifts this morning. Father God, we thank You that Your Word promises us that You will never leave us or forsake us. Your word promises us that you will take care of every need according to your riches in glory. And God, that we don't have to rely on our own strength, our own bank account, our own retirement account, God. And all of those things are good ideas. But Lord, you're the Lord over all of it. And so we honor you with our finances this morning. We pray that you would receive these gifts given with grateful and thankful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Well, as the ushers pass the baskets this morning, I want to let you know we have a bit of a different Sunday than usual. Um, There's two really exciting things happening this morning. First of all, we're going to celebrate with those being baptized. And in fact, in a few minutes, we're going to invite them forward and pray over them. So that's the one really exciting thing happening. The other exciting thing is this. I'm probably going to preach the shortest sermon I've ever preached this morning. Yeah, you're all way too excited about that. I, I, I told Megan this week, I said, I got I to preach a really short message this week, and she just started laughing. I don't know what that's all about. Um, here in a few minutes, we're going to wind down our service, and then um, we're going to be dismissed. We're going to have a bit, about a 10-minute break between going from here to outside where the baptistry is set up. We're going to do the baptisms outside today, um, and it's going to be a fun time. I'll give you some more instruction about that, but just give you a little heads up about what's coming up this morning. Baptism is an important step in a believer's journey with Jesus. Someone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we, we are to be baptized. In fact, Jesus' instruction to the disciples before he went back into to heaven was that they would go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And here's what I've come to discover. If Jesus said that we need to do something, we probably should do it. Have you found that out to be true? All right, I I hope there's an amen in there somewhere for you. If Jesus said we need to do something, it's probably a good idea to do it. He said, go and make disciples and baptize them. And so that step of faith, that step of putting our trust in Jesus Christ needs to be followed with an outward expression of what God is doing inside of us. And that's exactly what baptism is all about. Um, I'm, we're, we're in the midst of a series, and in fact, today is the completion. It's the last in our series uh, entitled, Along the Way. Along the Way. We've been talking about the fact that Jesus walked everywhere he did in Israel as he ministered and he, as he shared his life with others. And that journey took him the length and the breadth of Israel. John tells us in jo- chapter 21 of his, his gospel that... What we have written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is just a snapshot. It's like the highlight reel of Jesus' ministry. If, if everything was to be written down that he did, John, John says it this way, I suppose there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain all of that information, all of those stories. And so we have this snapshot of the work that Jesus did during his life. Here's what I know and here's what we've come to discover is this, is that along the way Jesus met people. So often in the Word of God, it says along the way or on his way to and on his way up to, Jesus met. And we talked about some of those people. In fact, if you want to go back, if you've not heard those messages, you can catch those on the podcast and, and, and listen to some of those stories. Jesus meets us along the way. That this Christian walk is as much about the journey as, as it is about the destination, If it was all about the destination, when we put our faith in Jesus, he would just take us home right then. But he doesn't. He allows us to walk a journey with him that not only affects our lives, but affects other people's lives. As those who are getting baptized today step into the water, they're making a public declaration of their faith in Jesus, and it is going to affect our lives. That's why so many of you here today, you're here to support And to celebrate with a loved one, a friend, someone you care about as they take this important step. Jesus meets us 
along the way. So what is baptism? Baptism, the word simply means this, to dip, immerse, or submerge. And that's what we're going to do. We have a pool set up, and we're going to take people, and we're going to pray with them, and then we're going to dip them or submerge them into the water. And there's some significance behind that we'll talk about in just a second. It also means to cleanse or to overwhelm. That word overwhelming can kind of have a negative connotation, right? If, if you're a mom who's ever been overwhelmed, can you just, just raise your hand? Can I get an amen? All right, can we just pray for you right now? No, right? Like, I know there's been days I come home from work, and Megan's just got that look on her face where she's like, I'm done. Take your kids. Give me some space, right? The overwhelming that, that, uh, that it's referring to here is not that. It's a good overwhelming. When you're overwhelmed with joy, when you're overwhelmed with exuberance, when you're overwhelmed with emotion, when, when something just sweeps over you and it's a good thing. It's like on a cold night having a really thick comforter, right? And you're just overwhelmed with it. God wants to wrap you in his love. For the Jews, baptism, uh, or, or rather that the process of going into the water was something they were familiar with. See, every time you would go to the synagogue or up to the temple, you would go to the ceremonial baths where you would first cleanse and purify your body because you never wanted to go into the house of the Lord in a, in a manner that was un clean. And it's one of the ways that they identify Jewish communities in Israel is they always find the baths. There would always be a synagogue, and when they would find the bathhouse, they knew this was a Jewish community. But for them, it was an outward washing. It was a washing and cleansing of the outward that, that then they would then go into the house of the Lord. Baptism for us is not so much about the outward. It's about what God's doing inward, it's, and it's, it's an expression it's a symbol of what God is doing externally, um, but doing it in a way that people can see. It's a public declaration. In fact, let me give you this short definition for baptism. Baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision to follow Jesus as his disciple. It's a public declaration of a personal decision to follow Jesus. Some of you at the end of worship this morning, you raised your hand and you said yes to Jesus. What you did is you made a personal decision to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to commit my life to you. Each of these that is getting baptized today, in fact, it's the only requirement for being baptized, is that you said yes to Jesus, that you, you have a personal re relationship with him. You've made a personal decision to follow him with your life. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. Declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. I want you to catch something here. There's both an outward expression and an inward decision. You believe in your heart, but you declare with your mouth. And, and I think sometimes what happens in the church is that we go, well, just... Just say a quiet prayer on the inside, and now, now you're cool with Jesus. But, but there actually has to be some kind of public declaration in your life about the decision that you've made. Yes, it's a personal decision, but Jesus died very publicly on a cross for you. And so what he's asking us to do is, would you acknowledge me before people? Would you make sure that there's a boldness about your faith and so we come to baptism today, each of these that are stepping into the water, 
what they're saying in, in, to all of us here today is, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, and I'm going to do something very publicly, right? And, and it'd be easy if we could just come up and grab the mic and say, I love Jesus, and I've chosen to follow him, and we praise the Lord for that. You take it to another level when you have to come to church with a towel, <laughs> right? And a change of clothes, and you get into a pool, and you allow yourself to be submerged, and you put Jesus at the forefront and you say, I'm going to take the back seat. I'm going to step into the background so Jesus can have the limelight in this moment. And what he does is we humble ourselves that way is he lifts us up and raises us up with him. So along the way, Jesus was baptized. One of the, one of the primary reasons that we practice baptism is that Jesus did it. Not only did he tell us to do it, he modeled it for us. I want to read to you Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. The words will be up on the screen. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, who was his cousin. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for... Uh, for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Let me pause there for a second. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. Jesus was perfect. He was sinless. He's the son of God. He, there, was no, there was no transgression in him whatsoever. And so he didn't need to be baptized except for this, that Jesus models and goes ahead and, and patterns something that we get to follow. He says that, that this needs to be done to fulfill all righteousness. That righteousness is both a reference to the law, to the Old Testament, and to the prophecy that was prophesied about who Jesus would be. But he also does it for our benefit so that we can see in Jesus a pattern that we can pattern our life after, an example that we can pattern our life after and say, if Jesus needed to be baptized, how much more for us? And for Jesus, it was not a ceremonial washing. This was a statement about who he was and about who his father was. And so even though John argues, even though John argues with him, he finally says, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go through with this. But, but John recognized, you need to baptize me. I, it's not the other way around. And Jesus says, no, this is an important step. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son who I'm loved. I love. With him I am well pleased. All right, so here's the deal. I'm already out of time. <laughs> hey, that's too eager. We'll need to talk afterwards. I need to make three points, and I want to. I, they're important for us to hear. So I don't want to skip this. So we're gonna we're gonna cover these three. Um, in enough time to give them the attention they need. I'll stop talking about all of that. Let's just dive into it. There's three things that happen. We see the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit is present. By the way, when we talk about the Trinity, 
and, and where the Trinity, we see the Trinity in Scripture, this is one of the places where we understand that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all present in this moment. Jesus is baptized and he comes out of the water and the, the heavens open and the Spirit of God comes down in the form of a dove. The next thing we hear is the voice of the Father saying, This is my Son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. I want to talk to you about those three statements this morning because these are probably the most critical things for us to understand about how God feels about us today. First of all, he would say to you, my son and my daughter, that he would look at you and he would call you his son, he would call you his daughter. In the same way that he expresses that to Jesus, that he would declare the same thing over your life. Why is this so important? Because our identity is wrapped up in it. And identity is a big deal. Who you are is a big deal. And the world is competing to define and redefine and reshape your identity. It's interesting that right after this moment, as Jesus is baptized, the very next thing that happens is he is led into the wilderness. And while he is there, the enemy, Satan, comes and tempts him and opposes him. And the way that the enemy starts that opposition is saying these words, if you are the Son of God. God the Father himself has just said, this is my Son. And the very first thing the enemy says, if you are the Son of God. I believe that one of the primary places where the enemy comes against us as believers, or people in general, is this. He calls into question our identity as a son and a daughter of God. If I don't believe I'm a son of God, if I don't believe I'm a daughter of God, I'm going to live a life that is devoid of the meaning and purpose that God intended it to have. You have to know who you belong to. God declares over you and he declares over me just as he declared over Jesus, this is my son, this is my daughter. He then says these words, whom I love, whom I love. The number one need for the human soul is this, to be loved, to be loved. You need to be loved. Can I get an amen? Amen. You need love in your life. In fact, if you lack love, they, they do studies and they find that babies that, that, are, that grow up in orphanages where they're never held and never, uh, never loved end up dying for no apparent reason other than the, 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 the fact that they're loved and held and cared for. This is my son whom I love. And he expresses his love over Jesus. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And nothing means nothing. You know that nothing includes you. That you can't even separate yourself from the love of God. Let that sink in for a second. It doesn't matter what you do, how bad you think you've got it or you've messed up, What mistakes you've uh, made along the way. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now you might not be walking in obedience, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. He loves you and he knows that we need to know that he loves us. He expresses his love over Jesus. Do you think Jesus knew that the Father loved him? Absolutely. But Jesus hears the voice of the, the Father saying, I love you. Can I tell you today, God loves you. 
He loves you more than you can know. He loves you more than you understand. He loves you with a love that is perfect and never-ending. He loves you even when you feel like you don't deserve it. God loves you. And then he says to Jesus, with him I am well pleased. Can I tell you today, God is pleased with you. The timing of this statement is critical for us to grasp. Jesus had not yet began his, his ministry. This was on the, the, the starting end of his ministry. Which, by the way, in this moment as the Holy Spirit comes and he's filled with the Spirit, he's empowered to do the ministry that God has sent him to do. But before that, he, he's just living his life. And in this moment, before he has really, quote-unquote, done anything, God says, I'm pleased with you. We live in a world that tells us that we have to perform to be accepted. I'll be pleased with you when you do something that makes my pleasure increase. I'll be pleased with you when you fill in the blank. And God declares over Jesus, this is my son whom I loved, and with him I'm well pleased. And Jesus hadn't even started to do the work that God had called him to do. Can I tell you that God is pleased with you and it's got nothing to do with your performance. It's not got nothing to do with what you bring to the table. Because the reality is we bring nothing. We bring brokenness and sin and shame. God's, God has no room for that. What he says is I want to take all of that and, and wash that away. I'm pleased with you. And he speaks his pleasure over his son. Who you are is pleasing to God. This morning, who you are is pleasing to God. For each of these getting baptized today, God is pleased with them. God is pleased with each of you. He's pleased with you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. See, God is more concerned with who you are. And that you understand that you belong to Him than He is with what you do. And we have to turn that around in our lives. We have to fight that daily. The temptation to say, you know what, I've got to do more so that I can be loved more. And God says, no, just, just allow me to wrap my arms around. Allow me to overwhelm you with my love. As we move to baptism, as we, in a minute, take our step outside and we watch those getting into the pool I believe that the heart of the Father over each of these would be the same as what we heard over Jesus. That, that God would declare, this is my child whom I love. In him, in her, I'm well pleased. A couple of things that are going to take place today. We're going to dismiss. We're going to move out. If you have kids in the, uh, between first and uh, fifth grade, they're going to be at the gate waiting. In fact, they're probably there for us already. Um, please collect your, uh, collect your child um, pick them up. Don't, don't leave them hanging. Uh, move quickly to pick them up. And then we're going to move out onto the grass out front. I want to invite those who are getting baptized to come forward and join me up front here this morning. Come on up. We're going we're gonna to give you their names and, and ask them a couple of questions when they get into the, the pool. But, um, but I just wanted us to take a moment and... Pray over them, see their faces. Um, can we give them a hand? Let's do that.
It's a bold step. It's a bold thing to even come up front, by the way, right? Standing in front of a group of people, being up here. But we're proud of you. We believe that God would declare that you're his child, that he loves you, and that he is immensely proud of you. I hadn't said this before. I want to mention this this morning. Um, If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've said yes to him, to following him with your life, declared with your mouth and believed in your heart, if you've taken that step and you've never been baptized, I know it's, we're, we're getting ready to do this in a, f- a few minutes, but here's what we have. We have extra t-shirts. You can see they're wearing t-shirts that say, I was made to thrive. And we have extra towels. And if you're at any point this, this morning feeling like the Lord's impressing it on you to take this step, to not hesitate, to say, you know what, I need to be baptized and I can't wait, it needs to be today, we're ready for you. We're prepped. Uh, parents, if you have a child who feels that, that, that unction and feels like they want to get baptized today, we're okay with that. We just need to make sure they understand what it is they're doing. And so when we're out front, uh, the, this group will be lined up off to the side, kind of where the sidewalk is. Uh, Pastor Megan will be there and some other leaders. If that's you and you feel like, I need to be baptized. In fact, I'm going to say this right now. If there's anyone right now that you're feeling, I need to be baptized this morning. And, and you're seeing the boldness of these guys up here, and you're like, that's me, I want to do that. Why don't you go ahead and just stand up to your feet right now and come join them? We'll just give you a second to, I know you're, there's a, maybe a battle waging, you're like, I'm not sure. But there's, there's opportunity. I know, right? There we go. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> I love it. Steve, I, I, I ask him on Sunday mornings, how are you doing? And he goes, Pastor Barry, I'm thriving. And I'm like, yes, it's so good. It's an open invitation. And so at any point, if you feel like that's you, can we stand together as we pray? <laughs> Angel, you're awesome. By the way, this is Angel. I want to introduce you. Angel is a part of, uh, he's at Arbor, Arbor Glen Convalescent Home, and he's a part of our congregation there. Um, Jim and Candy and Sandy are there every Sunday, along with some others that go, and he's a part of that fellowship. While Jim and, and Candy are out of town, he's actually teaching a couple of, a couple of Sundays, so that's, that's great, and doing Bible studies. And, uh, so make sure to say hi to Angel. He heard we were having baptism, and he says, I, I need to be baptized. And so we're glad to have you with us this morning. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just a moment of privacy. If, if you've never said yes to Jesus, I know there was a few hands that were raised before service. But if this morning you're in this place and you're realizing, I need a relationship with Jesus. I need what these people have. I, I need the confidence and the boldness to, to be able to stand and say, I have a relationship with the Lord. If you need him to save you, if you need him to deliver you, if you need him to usher in you, in, you into a new life, He's holding out his hand to you this morning as in an invitation. If that's you, no, no one's looking around. We're just, this is a moment between you and the Lord. This is the private part. This is the in your heart part. Would you just simply raise your hand? Would you just raise it high so that I can agree with you and we can just pray together? Anyone this morning, you'd say yes to the Lord. Okay. I believe, I believe when Christy made that invitation this morning, we, we covered that ground, so praise the Lord for that. Would you extend your hands uh, in a, just a sign of blessing to each of these? God, we thank you for all of these that are getting baptized today. And God, we ask that 
they would hear the, the voice of the Father speaking their, your, his love, identity, and pleasure over each one. And I pray as they're baptized, as they come out of the water, as they get prayed for, that they would hear your voice, Lord, that, that things of the past would be broken. Lord, as they're hidden in Christ and as they symbolically glow, go under the water just as Jesus went into the grave, that the things of the past would die. And Lord, as they come out of that water, that that new life and that resurrection power would be available and present in their lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill them to overflowing, to receive all that you have for them. I pray that today would be a milestone in their life and in their journey with you. And we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. Once we get out, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get set up. We're going to give it um, about 10 minutes. About, well, it's about 8 minutes. So pick up your kids. If you're visiting, please stop by and get a gift. Um, but then gather out on the, the lawn. Um, you, uh, if you want to sit down on the grass, you can. Um, or just kind of gather around. And then after each person is baptized, we're going to take them to attend to pray over them. If you're here with someone today to witness them being baptized, go and join and be a part of that. Feel free to pray. Uh, we don't have designated prayers. Anyone's welcome to pray. Um, and we'll have a good time celebrating out front. Okay, you are dismissed. To rejoice, oh child of God.